Hello and welcome back to Deconstructing the Bible. I am Jason Steffenhagen, the Associate Minister at The Well, United Methodist Church in Rosemont, Minnesota. We're recording this on Wednesday, June 16th at 11.33 a.m. in the morning, Central Time, in case you were curious. So today, I want to dive into some terminology. We've spent a few weeks talking about faith development theory and identity development theory in episodes 8 and 9, so if you're curious about those, go check those out. If you're curious about Midrash and wrestling with the text, check out uh, episodes 5 through 7 where I sat down with Stephanie Spencer from the organization 40 Orchards. We had a dynamic conversation, a three-parter, so check that out. But today, I want to talk about some terms that we have in the Bible, in, in the Hebrew and the Greek language, that I think are really dynamic and important for us to process for a minute, to do a little deconstruction. The first one is the word law, and it's an Old Testament idea that is most prominently understood in the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, We see it a little bit in Exodus, of course, Leviticus and Numbers. We see this idea of the law as handed down um, by God through Moses to the people of Israel on Mount Sinai after they've left Egypt and are journeying in the wilderness. And now God is giving them the law. And the Hebrew term for law is halakha, halakha. And the interesting thing about the law is I think for many of us, the way we understood it, it was as if there was this kind of moral, unambiguous, set in stone concept of what is right and what is wrong. And that the law was given as a moral authority in our lives. And and there's a lot of reason for that. There's reason for that when we read the Bible. There's reason for that when we navigate life and family, when we navigate life and society. There's reason to understand that the law is about creating a sense of moral authority that dictates kind of dualistically what is right and what is wrong, what is a good part of community, what is an unhealthy part of community. Interestingly, the idea of the law, especially the idea of the Ten Commandments, were not essentially about moral authority, but were about relational connectivity. So not moral authority, but relational connectivity. So the kind of fuller translation of the word halakha, which is where we get the word law, is the proper way or path. So it's about journeying with people. It's about journeying in communities, about journeying with God or with the earth, with creation, with one another, with ourselves even, right? We've talked about this idea that the Bible is a book about relationship with God, ourselves, others, and all of creation. And the law, halakha, is a proper way or path of relationship. So when people violate the law, they're violating not just some moral authority, they're violating relationship with God. Or maybe they're violating uh, how God understands healthy human relationship. Or maybe they're violating how God wants us to see ourselves, right? So some of us live in these shame cycles where we are bad, 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 very bad, right? And we cannot see ourselves as anything other than a sinner, a failure. We're not worthy of love. We're not good enough. We're the bad kid. Whereas God would, would want us to see us as this beautifully loved, created being made in God's image. Every hair on our head is known by God. We were knitted together in our mother's womb, as it says in the Psalms, and we are not simply a sinner or simply a failure or simply not worthy. Instead, 
that God sees us as in process. God sees us as moldable, right? That God sees us as something that is shapeable, that is moving towards Christ's likeness. So there's a, the law is designed for us to understand the proper way or path towards relational wholeness, not simply about a moral authority. And sin, which is the word hata in Hebrew, H-A-T-A, hata, is to go astray. So you can see that this path mentality is continuing. Halakha, the word law, is the proper way or path, the proper way to go. And sin, hata, is to go astray, astray from the proper way or path. And so we can see why if there is a moral authority, sin is about you know, disobeying that moral authority to go astray from that moral authority. But we have to remember it's always in the context of relationship. So we're going astray from how this relationship will go. So for instance, if you lie to someone, you've gone astray from the truthfulness and the honesty of that relationship. If you hurt someone physically, you're clearly going astray from keeping one another safe. A proper way of being in relationship is not to harm one another. So we have halakha, the law, the proper way or path in the context of relational dynamics. And hata, the word for sin, is to go astray from that. So the Greek term, so we're going to fast forward to the New Testament here for a minute. The Greek term for sin is hamartia, hamartia. And it's actually more literally translated, missing the mark, missing the mark. It's an archery term. And so you think of it of an archer draws back the bow and arrow and he lets loose an arrow and it's supposed to hit the bullseye. Whereas sin, hamartia, is missing the mark. It's off course. So it goes astray from where it is supposed to go, just like the word hata, to go astray. And so sin is missing the mark, going astray from the proper way or path that is intended in the context of healthy relational dynamics. Okay, so we have this idea of healthy relationship. The law is the proper way or path towards that healthy relationship. Sin is going astray. And then we have this great Hebrew word. It's one of my favorite words in the entire Bible, teshuva. Okay, everybody say teshuva, teshuva, right? Teshuva. And teshuva is a return to the good. Okay, it's a return to the path, a return to the way. So repentance, teshuva, to repent is to return to the proper way or path, return to the good. So therefore, these labels that we give ourselves, sinner, failure, bad kid, not worthy of love, not good enough, don't belong. These labels that we give ourselves are unhealthy because they're not what's actually true, right? We were made in God's image, as we talked about. We were made so that every hair on our head was known by God. We were made to belong to God. And yet, We've taken on these labels that are inaccurate because they don't allow for a return to who we actually are. And so, yes, I can make bad choices. Yes, I can fail. Yes, I can commit sins. And yes, sometimes it doesn't feel like I'm worthy of being loved. And sometimes my choices would say that in this community, 
I might not be readily accepted because my choices don't add up to being a healthy member of it. But, but, teshuva, there's a repentance, there's a returning to the good that is possible through God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's mercy, and God's justice. We can return to the good, teshuva. The Greek term for repentance, the one that we see um, in the New Testament, is metanoia. Metanoia. And it literally means changing the way you think. And why is changing the way you think so important? Because our thinking dictates our actions. So how do we return to the good? Well, first we have to change how we think about something. So if you want to go back again to the labels that we give ourselves, I'm a bad person. I'm a failure. I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I don't belong. Um, If we see those labels and we say, you know what? I need to change the way I think. Instead of being a bad kid, I'm a kid who made some bad choices. Instead of being a failure, I'm someone who has failed at that endeavor. Instead of being a sinner, I'm someone who commits sin. We need to change the way we think about these things, less as shaming identities and more as acknowledgments of our actions, acknowledgments of the things that we've done that have distanced ourselves from healthy relationships. You know, I love Brian Stevenson. He wrote the book, Just Mercy, an amazing book, highly recommend it. But he did a TED Talk a number of years ago. And in that TED Talk, Brian Stevenson said, we are not, we are not the worst thing we've ever done, right? And Brian Stevenson is working with people that have been incarcerated, people that are on death row, people that have been accused of of crimes and have found guilty of crimes that are devastating to people and to society. And he's working with these people and he's seeing that they are not the worst thing they've ever done. And often we label them that way, murderer, right? We label people with the worst thing they've ever done, but we are all more than the worst thing we've ever done, right? So the, the lies that I've told, the sins that I've committed, that's not, even though it might be the worst thing I've ever done, that's not the essence of who I am. That's not the finality of who I am as a person, as a child of God. And so I need to change the way I think, repent, metanoia. I need to change the way I think, recognize that I have missed the mark. I need to return to the good, teshuva, repent, because I've gone astray from the proper way or path of relational wholeness. And I need to move now in the right direction. I need to return to the good, teshuva. So you are not the worst thing you've ever done, as Brian Stevenson tells us, and as I'm telling you today. We cannot live, as Brene Brown would say, in the shame spirals where we create these identities in these labels about who we say we are or who the world tells us we are or who our parents told us we were or who the church has told us we are. We can't live in these shame spirals. Instead, we need to recognize and learn from our mistakes learn from the ways that we've gone astray, learn from the ways that we've missed the mark, return to the good, change the way we think so that we can get back in alignment with the proper way or path as we move towards relational wholeness. Because that is what Christ is leading us towards, is relational wholeness with God, with others, within ourselves, and with all of creation. And in case you're curious, 
like I always try to bring us around to. This is easy to apply to individual lives. It's easy to apply it to my life or your life or your choices or my brother's choices or my son's choices or my wife's choices or my choices. It's easy to apply this to individual choices, individual identities. But what if we thought of these things as corporate? What if we saw these things as systemic? What if the law, the proper way or path, was not just about individual choice or individual action or individual expectations, but was about societal path, societal expectations, societal ways forward, the proper way or path of treating one another through the laws we create, through the systems that we set up, through the economies, through the religions, through the justice systems, through the school systems? What if the proper way or path was applied to systems and groups? What if going astray, sinning, was not simply about individual choice, was also about systemic brokenness, was about laws that were marginalizing people or unjustly uh, condemning one group of people more than the other? What if certain ways of setting up systems benefited certain groups more than other groups? What if historically this has been the case and people have been benefiting for years based on those systems? What if we've been benefiting from a broken, gone astray system, a system that has missed the mark of bringing about equity and justice and love and fullness and wholeness? What if we're a part of something that is fundamentally broken and it's missed the mark or gone astray systemically? What if changing the way we think, returning to the good, was more than just individual action, was about collective action that rallies around new ideas, new ways of governing, new ways of doing the economy, new ways of of funding, new ways of doing education, new ways of doing family, new ways of doing religion and church. What if we were changing the way we think about the systems of our world and we were able to return to healthy, dynamic ways where things are in shalom, right relationship with one another? What would that look like to be a part of that kind of change, that movement, that that changing the way we think, returning to the good so that we aren't missing the mark, going astray, but instead we're returning to the proper way or path that God has for us. What if we could participate in that? What kind of a world could we create in partnership with God by the power of the Spirit because we are trying to bring the Spirit of Christ into all things, to all people at all times? What if we could do a little bit of teshuva, a little bit of metanoia in those areas? That's my hope for myself, my hope for my boys, my hope for my family, my hope for our church, my hope for us as a people is that we can recognize both individually and systemically where we need to change the way we think, return to the good, because we may have missed the mark, gone astray, and there is a healthy path and a proper way we need to get back to it. We need to get back to that idea of shalom, healthy, dynamic relationship.
with God, others, within ourselves, and with all of God's creation. Thanks for joining us on Deconstructing the Bible. We'll be back again next week. Thanks. Thanks.